Good morning, everybody. It's Charlie Fink from uh, This Week in XR. We're live at the Consumer Electronics Show 2023. Uh, I uh, am here uh, with HTC at the Wynn Hotel. We just got an introduction to the new uh, Vive Elite. XR Elite. The Vive XR Elite. And uh, unexpectedly, Neil Stevenson is here with us as well. Neil is the co-founder, among many other inclinations, the co-founder of the Lamina One blockchain. And uh, I guess that's going to be a part of the infrastructure for Viverse? Uh, yes, it's going to be one of the key pieces of, uh, we have you know, multiple chains we support, but it's one of our, you know, actually, you know, very uh, important chains that we're going to be working with to, to power the Viverse and allow that openness and portability across multiple worlds and to bring in communities on both sides so that we can really build this together. So is there um, a protocol that you develop that will allow others to, to integrate with Viverse? Um, so we actually bring in multiple uh, chains. Essentially, the, 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 the chains are integrated into our backend system. Um, but I think that the key with, with the Lamina side is that they've made a chain that allows for uh, you know, bridges to go across multiple other chains. So they actually can bridge other chains together. Um, and um, you know, they're actually making it an open, open world, open source, I guess, to, to the rest of the world. So it's something that, that uh, the philosophy of what Neo and his, his team and Rebecca and her team is doing is uh, really consistent with what we've been trying to, to preach in terms of saying, hey, uh, we, no, no company should own the metaverse. No company should control the metaverse. It should be open and we should encourage as much world building as possible and as much sharing of resources as possible because only then can we have that critical mass of content and, and critical mass of users so that it, it becomes a, a, a self-reinforcing loop. Um, so one thing I liked about the uh, presentation was the way you had positioned the personal space as the spawn point. Mm -hmm. I think that's something Meta is also trying to do. I think the spawn point has kind of been neglected so far in XR, although the potential obviously was always there uh, with the Vibe uh, spawn point. So it's kind of funny because like five years ago we were talking about that mm -hmm. and now you guys have finally done it and built not just a spawn point but a whole house for people. Yes, yes, and multi-layers, multi and in fact, not just house, but an environment. You could actually go outside, but, you know. <laughs> so, but when you go outside, it's not connected to anything. Uh, there, there, there's parts of the house and parts of other places. that so you, mean it's not a neighborhood? Well, no, it's not, it's not, but you can bring, you can invite people over. Right. And, and it can, you can share that space together. And, and inside uh, the, the home, there's multiple places where you can, you can teleport into other worlds. So you could create hotspots that you know, allow you to, to jump in, kind of like the Ready Player One type of scenes. Yeah, right? yeah. You, so you're the central hub, and everybody just sort of hops into where they want to go. Exactly. It's a teleportation portal. You can think of it that way. Yeah. So does the blockchain uh, Lamina One uh, enable uh, e-commerce inside of the shared environments? Well, the, um, I mean, any, any chain, you know, part of its basic functionality is to enable, you know, storage of tokens and, and trading tokens back and forth for, for virtual goods or whatever. So that's sort of uh, just uh, by definition part of what a, a, a chain does. Um, we, we think that uh, uh, talking to people in the... Uh, developer community, uh, what we're hearing uh, is that there's interest in um, incorporating these kinds of features into their games, um, but it's hard to do. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of, um, 
We'll have Angst connected with uh, the, the process of setting up a wallet and, and kind of keeping track of your stuff and uh, 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 just um, a lot of hoops that developers feel they're jumping through right now that um, uh, is, is making it uh, uh, sort of creating hurdles for what they want to do creatively. Fundamentally, you know, developers, I mean, don't care. You, you know about the, uh, the the details of how chains work, or uh, uh, how you know how a wallet is set up. They just want to do stuff, you know. And so we're we're we think that there's an opportunity there to to make those people happy. So um, you know, it's funny. I'm really of, of all the topics I cover, I'm probably least knowledgeable about blockchain. And as you may know, I'm pretty good friends with Tony Parisi. Mm. And last time I talked to Tony, he's like, no, I'm not going to explain it to you again. Because if you <laughs> didn't get it the first five times, you're not going to get it the sixth time. That uh, sounds like Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there are two things I wanted to ask you about. One is you put up a very interesting string on Twitter, I'm going to say, six months ago, uh, in which you were commenting on the futurism in Snow Crash, and I'm sure you remember this, you said the one big thing that you missed and you regret missing was the importance of games inside of a, con a metaverse construct. Uh, and I thought that was, first of all, super insightful um, and um, really interesting because it seems like the metaverse is in a way going to get driven by games because the people who are making games are making 3D yeah. social worlds. You know, that is not a skill that you decide on Monday that you want to have it and yeah. you have it on Tuesday. Yeah. These are companies that have been developing that capacity for decades. Yeah, yeah, and it does take decades. It takes many years for someone to become really proficient with a modern game engine and the, the tools that lead into it. So, yeah, what, what happened was that at the time I wrote the book, I had been working very hands-on with computer graphics hardware that at the time was pretty cutting edge. It was expensive. It was hard to use. And um, uh, I was trying to imagine, you know, what could drive the cost of that hardware down to the point where ordinary people would use it every day in the way that people use television. And um, uh, as, you, as you say, I, the thing I didn't see coming basically was, was doom. So, so Snow Crash was published in 1992, and the next year Doom came out. Right. And Doom was doing things with graphics that I would not have believed possible with the hardware of the time. Yeah. And it was because uh, those guys, Carmack and those guys, were so smart and so clever in finding ways to leverage what the hardware could do um, to create the illusion of a 3D world. Um, and so, for me, that brought kind of uh, doom brought uh, it accelerated the clock by 10 years um, and obviously it spawned a whole you know generation and several generations of immersive 3d games that came in its wake and the popularity of those games is what drove the cost of the hardware down it's why we can buy um, amazingly powerful graphics cards to plug into our PCs or even you know similar hardware that goes in our phones now um, and, uh, and as you say, the, um, uh, the, the tool chain that's come into existence, uh, to, to feed assets into game engines, the game engines themselves now are incredibly sophisticated because of 
those developments and um, and and the people who know how to use those tool chains are the, the people who are going to build the, the metaverse going forward. Um, of course, the metaverse is, is um, not just about place. The metaverse is also about synchronicity. And I, I think that uh, that doesn't get talked about a lot, and it's illustrated so beautifully in the snow crash, right, where you can be with someone in VR who is in the physical world. Um, you know, like the guy's in a boat and he's talking to an equipment manufacturer in real time on the other side of the world. Um, now, the new leap is a mixed reality mm -hmm. headset. So do you think we could be headed toward that kind of an application where people are in mixed reality interacting together in um, the Vibers? Absolutely. In fact, uh, if you look at some of the, like probably about five to ten of the titles that were mentioned by Shen today were MR titles that allows you to see the real world and in fact incorporate your real world into the gameplay. So, so that type of technology um, is why one of the key reasons why we think this device separates itself from the rest of the world. In fact, uh, I was talking to one of those game developers this morning, and he goes, "When I tried this, this is a game changer. This, this is this is you know allowing us to to realize things that we had not been able to do with any other device before. And the quality of your MR is so much better than what some I won't say other other part, other players are, are are providing, right? And so." Um, you know, when, when people who have been working on this area comes and tells me that, 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 that makes me uh, much more confident that we've actually been making some of the right choices. But, but in the world that you envision, mm -hmm. right, uh, Viverse is going to be occupied by all sorts of devices mm -hmm. and all sorts of individuals and companies, yes. right? So that, you know, I could be in my Viverse environment and invite somebody in who's Wearing a quest, or, sure, absolutely. You know, some some yeah. other. Or yeah, even I mean, even even, even today, if you're if you just turn on your uh, WebXR enabled browser on any device, including the Quest, you can come into the Viverse and and you can have so a. So is Viverse going to be browser based? Uh, the WebXR portion uh, mm -hmm. is actually uh, interoperable with our app uh, version, so they have a shared space. So you can, you know, depending on what device you you go in, you it, it changes which interface you go in, you go in with. Uh, the experience might be a little bit lighter in, in the WebXR version, but you're you're still in that same shared synchronous space that you're talking about. So that no matter you know, where you are, you can interact with each other in real time. So so, um, so that's that's uh, essentially realizing what you're, you know, kind of envisioning already today. That's possible on, on today's technology. Um, getting getting back to the Lamina One um, blockchain. So um, interesting. Tim Brenners Lee recently gave a keynote, and he said the big thing that he missed when they were developing the internet was microtransactions. They didn't build yeah. infrastructure for microtransactions so that um, everybody could go to see Travis Scott for twenty five cents. Yeah. Right. There's just no way to do that. No credit card company could process that. No. Um, no blockchain could uh, mint inexpensively enough to make that work. Will Lamina One start to, I know it's Vegas Jets, I don't know, this is a pretty good microphone, so. Okay. Uh, so will um, Lamina One enable those sorts of transactions? So you can tune chains to serve different purposes. Uh, there's you know, knobs that you can, that you can uh, twiddle uh, to kind of get the result that you want. and. I think in general, the, the tendency has been from the early days of blockchain to 
focus really intensively on kind of heavy financial applications as being, yeah. you know, here's what this exists to do. We need to be able to transfer millions, of, even billions of dollars, uh, you know, extremely securely. It uh, doesn't matter if we have to wait 20 minutes, you know, for it to, to go through. Um, that's not going to work. It's, it's not a good solution for the kinds of transactions that you're talking about and the kinds of transactions that are going to be needed in order to do what we think is going to be interesting in the, the, the metaverse. So what we're, what we're doing, um, what the engineering crew at, at Lamb and the Ones working on, you know, as, as we speak, is, is trying to tune a chain beginning with a, a fork of, of Avalanche, which is a very technologically advanced and successful chain. Um, to uh, to make something that um, that will solve those kinds of problems for for content makers. So I guess where I was starting to go with this question is so okay. So there's the e-commerce piece, and as you mentioned, yeah, yeah. you know, blockchain has really been tied to you know uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, when of course it has lots and lots of other applications, and that's just sort of the one obvious one because it's sitting right in front of us today. Yeah, yeah. But what are the other ones that will develop? out of um, the utility that you're creating? So if you think about uh, what it would take to render this scene, and your, your, your listeners can't see it, but you, you know, we're sitting on a porch at a casino and there's, there's luggage carts, there's, there's tables, there's chairs. There's, there are there's a lot people. of assets. <laughs> Many assets. In our, and avatars. In our immediate environment. Yeah. And, um, and, um, that's you know you can uh, you can make a sort of canned version of all this in a game if you want, and that's a fine thing to do. But um, to to go from that to a metaverse, all of that stuff needs to become kind of portable, in a mm -hmm. sense. So if we're uh, embodied by avatars, we need to get up and be able to walk into a different um, room or a different environment, uh, and not have to completely uh, log out. And log back in, you know, right. and 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 get our avatar reloaded right, and resign in and all that good stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. So there needs to be a sort of common way of um, of having these assets kind of transparently move back and forth between different mm -hmm. experiences in the, the the metaverse. And when that happens, you know, the people who put their time and energy into creating those assets. Uh, should get paid. I, I mean, if if of those course. if those assets are are generating revenue, then uh, then the, the people who made them, you know, should see some some back end. So if you think about what that entails, actually being able to implement all of that functionality, um, it seems to me that blockchain is a pretty good match for that suite of, of functions. Um, and so um, I don't know, you know, in the real world we have fiat currency and we have cryptocurrency and we use both and you know that's fine i, I think it'll be the same in in the, the future of the the metaverse but, but i think that that there are clear opportunities to do things with with blockchain um that are worth uh exploring and that's you, universal signing So, the Lamina One blockchain, if I want to integrate that into the virtual world that I'm building on a game engine, 
is the idea there'll be an SDK, software development kit, and I'll just download it and plug it into my um, the, into the world that I'm creating, so that yeah. anybody then who is attached to that same blockchain kind of walks in the open door. There's universal sign-in and uh, secure identity for that user, um, and and of course. We're doing the thing that everybody wants is to reduce the friction yeah. of moving around in the metaverse. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we think it's a, a huge part of it is just the developer experience and the user experience side side of it. Um, and um, and yes, the answer is yes. Um, is there going to be tokenization on the Laminon One blockchain with with your own cryptocurrency or? tokens or is that something that you're going to kind of link to just like it was another developer there'll there'll be tokens uh you know that are that are as with any other blockchain uh and um and then and then yeah i mean that that's that's just an inherent inherent yeah feature of any of any chain is that you're you're essentially using tokens as a way to to, to perform transactions for sure so, so just to kind of wrap this up, I know we're a little pressed for time here. Um, so in the Viveverse as it currently exists, um, is Lamina 1 integrated or is that a, something you guys are currently working on? We're, we're working on it. Uh, we have some chains integrated already, but we're definitely going to add Lamina 1 as one of our you know, key chains. So, uh, and all the functionality that they're building in will really help make our future users and developers have a much easier time to realize the kind of things that we've been talking about today. Um, well, I really appreciate your time, gentlemen. I, you know, I told you I was reading Termination Shock uh -huh. uh, last week, you know, because it was like holiday week, catch up on all your reading. And uh, it was, first of all, great storytelling as always. Well, thank you. And uh, the futurism was um, both um, fantastic and totally terrifying. <laughs> so I, I hope the things that you, you talk about in that book just like in Snow Crash, don't actually happen. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, thank you for all those hours of yeah. insight and entertainment, because I feel like we've spent a lot of time together, yeah. even even though I've only met you remotely and in person once. So um, anyway, thank you, Alvin. Always a pleasure. Um, we still have to talk about China. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll do but, that some other time. But today was all about Viverse and the Elite. Uh, so congrats to you guys. Yeah. And uh, great elite. to see you still in the game. What? <laughs> XR Elite. XR Elite. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I will stop abbreviating uh, it for Elite. Uh, anyway, thanks, guys, and have a great CES. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thanks, thanks Thank Charlie. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Charlie. Thank you, Neil.